So all of you, it's wonderful to have all of you in class because all of you have gone through stages of awareness, yes? And as you go through stages of awareness, it almost seems like it's necessary to shed some either unconscious stuff, unaware stuff that we are be holding as patterns and detachment from uh, we're living in this matrix, we're living in a, in a system which is programmed at a certain frequency and as you are changing your frequency, obviously everybody who exists in that program before you started changing will also need recalibration but are you talking in particular about something? There are so many levels of it. Uh, are you talking about more in relationships? Are you more talking about material things? Relationships. Relationships. Um, so I've been working on this for about eight years. And I find, especially with a practice like Kundalini Yoga, because you are changing at a chemical, biochemical level. So it's not just a conceptual change, a shift of a mindset. It is literally biochemically, you are shifting things within you. So anything that is not in alignment, which is not you, will begin to want to shed itself. But we, we go through this phase or phases multiple times through different stages of our evolution where as you are evolving and a, and, a, and a skin wants to shed, we hold on to it. Um, there'll be many little components to it. Guilt will be a big one. Uh, obligations will be other. Um, so there are many aspects of it that shows up that say, no, we cannot change. I can change. I, I want to change then, but why am I doing that to someone else? You've all experienced that to some way or form or extent. And uh, we will talk a little more about it in teacher training as well, this upcoming one. But I like to ask one thing of people is, what do you think is, what do you hold dearest to yourself? What is dearest to you? Yeah, your sense of identity, right? And that identity has been composed of what? Roles that we find. Roles. Yeah, attachments, the way others perceive us, the place that we have created in other people's lives, or the places other people have created in our lives. So we have gathered our identity in multiple ways, right? And then as you start to change, like you have created this identity, multiple uh, strings spreading out of you. That's a visual I get, yes? And then all of a sudden you start to shift, you start to move, and you have these strings that are attached to you. Do you think there's going to be tug on those? Do you think in the process of your movement, some of them might get broken? Is that bad? I know we're, we're thinking, no, it's not bad. Um, I mean, I'm going to uh, grow. I mean, it just 
is. Our, our minds perceive our identity to be the greatest of greatest important, our old identity. But along with the old identity came all the old stories. So as the stories want to change, the identity will have to change too. And we think in our minds, it's okay for me changing, but I don't want to disturb someone else because I am changing. And that is an impossibility. But what Yogi Bhajan would talk about, he says, as you are changing, as you are moving, it is a call of a movement that's coming from the inside, yes? You were called to this movement. Now, as you are moving and things are shifting around you, the beauty of it, if you are able to view it that way, is that every person attached to one of those strings is getting an opportunity for movement. So your nam is becoming the catalyst for the movement of their stagnation. But how they choose to approach that will depend on them. You know, I, for each one of us, we came to this learning, we came to this state of evolution differently. Maybe you were connected to someone who has also grown and that pulled a little string in you. And you go, I want to grow too. Or I am feeling a lack of that person and that lack created a seeking in you. But without that movement that's taking place throughout the universe, it is preset, it's not happening through you. There's a movement that's taking place. And if those who are being affected by the movement don't get inspired by that movement, will resist that movement. There's only two ways to go about it, right? But if we stop our journey <laughs> based on the comfort of those strings around you, then you will not move either. If we think staying in place, not disturbing the apple cart, is the safest way to be, it is the safest. But one thing that the yogis would often want about is that if you are being called by the soul, safety is the worst place to be at. In the physical world, safety is the best place to be at. In the spiritual world, safety is the worst place to be at because you will not grow. Does it make sense? So it's almost like these two worlds, the outer world and the inner world, are working with opposite laws. That which is great for the outer world, security, is very detrimental in the inner world. In the inner journey, you will have to let go of security in order to detach. Yes? I'm attached to that because it's creating a certain sense of security. And my inner says, if I let this go, it's going to upset me and it's going to upset the other. But the inner journeys need that. Your soul needs that and their soul needs that. So it's set up through you, but it's not happening from you. 
Does that make sense? Say that again. It's set up through you because you are connected to them. So your movement is becoming the catalyst of their movement, hopefully. Or they can hold themselves in that cocoon and that's fine too. But that would mean the distance between you and them is going to get a little greater. Some will do, yeah. It's exactly the journey as I've gone. People have seen me. Some have come with to a certain extent, and some just are oh, too crazy for me. Now you're really, you know, going all the way. Both are fine. But you have to let go of that sensation of security. Your previous identity gave you security, even if it wasn't serving you. <laughs> It was some kind of security, right? Things were in place. You had located everyone and you had located your role. But now you are shifting and now it's hard to locate who is what. What role needs to be played by what? So you'll have to recalibrate everything. But trust me, my dears, if you're on this journey of Kundalini Yoga, there is no stopping. It's like it's, it's a movement that cannot be stopped. If you stop it, it's painful. But it can be dealt with gracefully. When you ask me about what is the difference between detachment and indifference, indifference is when you really don't care about what's going on with the other. You're indifferent to the processes. Detachment takes place with a ton of understanding. Detachment takes place with I am observing my movement. I'm observing what catalyst, it's catalysm it's creating in your life. And you might be resisting it or not understanding it. But I can understand your struggle with that. I can have compassion for that. And I don't hold you to movement from my end. I don't hold you that you have to move with me but I continue to respect wherever you are and whatever you choose to do with that. Yeah, it's like, it's like a detachment with compassion versus um, indifference with um, malice or complacency. Like, you know, it's, yeah. it's very uh, caring. You know, you have compassion for where people are. Yeah. You, you don't maybe internalize it like you used to, yeah. but you, you know, it's a compassionate mm -hmm. place. You're able to go there or stand back with compassion Absolutely. versus indifference that to me, when I get indifferent about something, like, I'm just not going to care. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not that place. Yeah. And for some, which are really um, attachments, which are just clinging on to you, mm -hmm. For the heck of it you know we have those yeah, just yeah. patterns some people you calling your friends for like 15 mm -hmm. years but can't even connect with them anymore but it's an attachment mm -hmm. uh, those will just fall off they just, mm, just slide off of you but in my journey I almost every single relationship that I had before has gone through the test of um, this movement and for each one of them there was a tug right obviously if I'm moving and they're static and there'll be a little tug and it's important to pause 
and look at that hug and say, hmm, what is that? Do I, do I pause for this one? Mm -hmm. Do I wait to see if they want to come mm -hmm. along, but they just are slow on that? Mm -hmm. um, so you will have to recalibrate each relationship consciously, but each one will be tugged. And so through, through my journey, every single friendship has been tested. Every single uh, relationship has been tested. And a lot of them, which weren't in alignment, we can go for a while on one path. And then we are allowed to go in different paths. It's okay. I don't know why we have this thing in our minds that if we were friends 15 years ago, we should continue walking on the same path if we are going to be friends. That is very abnormal. It's not meant to be that way. You're meant to meet people. And then as you grow, thank God you're moving. And then you're meant to go in directions that serve your norm, that serves their norm. So every friendship has gone through that test. Some totally know it doesn't work. Some dropped off, came back. Some don't understand, but respect. So each one got calibrated and now put into the right place. As compared to before, it was more of an attachment out of obligation. A lot of attachments were out of obligations. And those are, those are something that I have worked diligently to clear and cleanse and being okay with how I am going to be perceived. You have to be okay with that. Whatever the other has as an opinion of you, you have to give them that ability. They have a right to their opinion. And you have a right to be you, <laughs> right? But as the movement, if the movement starts to go faster and faster and faster, it is harder to make friends. That's something I'm going to tell you up front. Somebody was asking me, the Priya, do you have friends, like close friends? I'm like, I had to pause and think about that. Like, no. When do you make friends? When you're in a certain place for a long period of time? I am moving at such a fast pace. I don't even know myself from one day to another. Can you imagine what it'd be for another person to try to like figure me out? Where the hell are you now? Um, but I, ha I have a lot of friends. But literally on this journey, you have to turn into your own best friend. You become your own best companion. And until I was asked that question, I hadn't even noticed it because I hadn't felt lonely. I hadn't felt that I was because, without friends because I have such community of like-mindedness around me that we are sharing our lives with each other to such a deep extent that we don't even do that with our closest friends. <laughs> but that's the beauty of this kind of community and that's what I'd say, teacher training. You know the other, you can meet 10 years later right? You guys, it's been two years for you guys. You know, you look at each other like, got it, 
got where you are. No need to explain. So there's an understanding, and that is so precious. The other friendship feels very tedious to me now. Because <laughs> there's all these like unspoken obligations. Yeah. You don't even know you've walked into it until you start to yeah. cleanse them off. Mm -hmm. Yes. So. so Peter and I both have been on the same journey or similar journey, coming together. Before we came together, he was on that process of clearing and cleansing, and I was on the same process. And so coming in together, we have such precious relationships. They're very precious, the ones that we have. But there's none out of obligation anymore. And I cherish that place, including our parents. None of them are out of obligation. They're about love, like real. Whenever we talk, it's from the heart. It's not out of obligation anymore. And so I know there's a lot of fear around this detachment process. And we feel on the spiritual journey, we have to detach. There is no have to. It will happen naturally. Or you will get pulled by the tug and you will stay stagnant. Like, I can't move because I'm connected to the other. Kind of reminds me of when my son was little, probably experienced it. You know, he was such a light sleeper, especially around two. It's like you have to be with them. You take an hour to put them to sleep. And then you move. <laughs> and they're up. Where are you going? Where are you going? Where are you going? Come back here. And then you're stuck again for another half hour. Experience that? <laughs> little kids. And I think it's like that. So based on your relationships, if there's some in that state of consciousness, I need you, I need you, I need you. Oh, you traded on something. Come back here to me. <laughs> You're not allowed to go anywhere. I'll scream. Out of all of you. Yeah. I remember trying to work out when my son was two, and he would literally cling onto my leg. I'm like, God, I can't even work out. <laughs> Will we talk? He said we'll talk more about this next week. Next. This upcoming teacher training, uh, we will talk a little bit about the nature of the ego and attachments and and how um, Kundalini works with respect to that. I, yeah, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, about I'm the, thinking about so many of us that are married, you know, and, and I know I've already within this year, you know, and especially in the last six months, you know, I don't want to say has changed. I'm not sure that changed, but change. I mean, I knew, I, I know I have. I felt it, and it's, it's good, and it's best because I'm turning into, you know, my non. But, it, it, you know, it will need it, few recalibrations. Yeah, and it won't be as much fun getting drunk together anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh, you read my well. You often read my mind. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, Our ways of entertainment are changing. Productive drinkers, but that is something in particular I have noticed greatly that I, my alcohol intake is almost down to nothing. Where I didn't think anything of a glass of wine, you know, with dinner or whatever. And not that I'm not drinking, and but I see it's a huge difference now, you know. And it's like um, that. It's funny. Well, of course, yeah. <laughs> We'll talk about, <laughs> about levels of detachment. Uh, I I forgot to wish my husband a happy birthday. Well, I wished your husband a happy birthday. 
<laughs> and it was his birthday. And it, it's amazing that we don't even have attachment to that idea yeah. of birthday, right? So this is last Thursday morning. I saw him for two minutes before I left to teach a class. And I just quickly said something and I left. And I didn't realize it until like 1230. <laughs> yeah. And I was signing somebody's sheet and say, oh, what's the date today? And literally in my head, I go, oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. But then it was funny to feel that. Like, there is no obligation for even that. You know, I'm like, hmm, that's really neat. But I did rush to buy his favorite ice cream. And I was like, I'm a horrible, horrible wife. <laughs> and we just laughed about it. And it's all wonderful. You know, it's, there's no need for all of that. Because there's that deeper connection. We tend to use a lot of the surface stuff yeah. when there's something else lacking. A lot of trappings. Mm -hmm. So you will find all these different layers of unattaching, a lot of the unattaching to your own self, mm -hmm. to your own little patterns. That to me is valuable. So amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. That I am not attached to that anymore within myself. That doesn't bother me. That doesn't bother me. And then you start to see those little nuggets with other people around you. And now you know there's something that's cleansing and clearing energetically from within you. Um, like, yeah, good question. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.